0: Radio Star Off the Page presents a short play about globalization by Dominic Orlando. The play begins in darkness.
1: How did they build those pyramids?
0: Lights. An ugly interrogation room. Tight. Badly painted. Barely lit. Ethel and Mark. Ethel wears the uniform of the Mexican municipal police. Mark wears a plain shirt and nice slacks. His black tie is undone. He wears a leather shoulder holster. It's empty.
2: What?
1: Cholula, the man-made mountain. Chichaitzin. Nice. Chichen Itza.
2: I'm sorry. I don't... Don't you
1: love saying it? Chichen Itza. Teotihuacan. What sounds? Maybe you're the one of those world travelers, hiking through the jungles with your big plastic water bottle. Machu Picchu. I don't
2: know what you're...
1: Zigzagging up the mountains in a rental jeep. Lost cities of mystery. What is the mystery... The U.S. Capitol Mall looks exactly the same. How did they build that? There's the question. Chihuahua. So delicious in the tongue. Chihuahua. Welcome to Chihuahua State.
2: Maybe it's a language thing, but I can't seem to follow...
1: Which language thing?
2: I mean, maybe I can't understand you because... Which language
1: are we speaking?
2: Spanish. I thought we were speaking Spanish.
1: Why is this so confusing?
2: Look, are you going to let me out of here or what? What?
1: I don't think we are.
2: I'm a special agent of the FBI.
1: So you say. We don't believe you.
2: I showed you my credentials. I
1: don't see any credentials.
2: Come on. They just took my wallet out to ¿Hablas the...
1: Hablas Español.
2: All you have to do is make a few... We
1: are making a few. Be patient, please. Alors, if you're so special, where's your partner? Partner? I'm myself. I'm not so high up on the food chain. But my little mind can't accept sending such a special agent to our wild little border town without a pa- any partner. So we're making the calls. FBI, USCIS, Department of Homeland Security. We may even call El Presidente Roosevelt if it comes to that.
2: You're an odd woman. You're
1: not an FBI agent.
2: Roosevelt isn't the president.
1: Can you tell me that with absolute certainty?
2: Yes, I can.
1: Then we'll just wait.
2: All right, okay. I'm not here. I haven't come down here in an official capacity.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Now we get closer to that, how do you say, truth?
2: You can make your calls, and they'll know I'm on a leave of absence. The leave is official. They just don't know I'm here, and I don't want them to know.
1: Keep talking, gringo. Explain yourself. We might even understand each other before the sun goes down. I
2: took a leave of absence. You just said that. My sister... Go
1: on, your sister. Go on, Chichen Itza.
2: My sister is a journalist. A
1: real journalist or journalist on a leave of absence.
2: I'm starting to think you're not a police officer.
1: Look, you and I are just killing time here. The real powers are outside these walls, swirling around like star gods of the South. Phone calls, emails, text messages, faxes. For all we know, they're sending out smoke signals, signals with little fire pits and blankets. Eventually, one of the 400 will come through that door and tell us both what to do. We are not making the, any decisions. We barely understand how the decisions will get made.
2: That's not entirely accurate. May we. It
1: is 100% accurate.
2: I report to a deputy director.
1: Theoretically. He,
2: that, Or she. He reports to an assistant director, who in turn reports to the director, who reports to the attorney general, who what reports... What
1: language are we speaking now?
2: You asked me. Who does
1: the president report to?
2: Well, we have... There's what's called a separation of powers.
1: Separation of powers? Machu Picchu.
2: But on some level, nobody. On some level, he's making decisions. There you are. Inside the president's head. That's where all the decisions are being made.
1: All the way up the chain? All
2: the way up a chain.
1: On one end of the chain, the president. On the other end of the chain... Your little sister. Actually,
2: she's my older sister. She she looks younger, but she's older. She's one of those people One of that, which people? You know, she looks like a high school kid. Ah. It, like she's...
1: One of those people, yes. So she forced you to take this official leave of absence. No,
2: she's a journalist.
1: Does that work? Logically, does that sentence work?
2: She has no power to force me to do anything.
1: Interesting thought. So, she asked you No, no,
2: no. She had nothing to do with my leave of and absence.
1: And once again, the language problem.
2: Okay, no. She had nothing to do with the decision. The change No. Wow, this is unbelievably complicated. She had everything to do with the decision. Which is
1: exact, which is only the exact opposite of what you just said.
2: But indirectly. Ah. She came down here to write a story.
1: I see. The crusading journalist. The brave FBI agent. Quite a family. I salute your ancestors. A Fine upbringing. What was this story to be about, I wonder?
2: The Makia. The Makia Doris. The? The women. The girls who work in the industrial plants.
1: Industrial plants?
2: The plants along the border with El Paso, across the Rio Grande.
1: An American says across the Rio Grande chills go up and down your spine. Across the Rio Grande. What kind of plants are we talking about?
2: Assembly plants, owned by huge corporations. What
1: goes on in these assembly plants owned by huge corporations? I,
2: I get... Things are assembled... Products.
1: I see. And your sister, she came down to write a story about products.
2: No, no. Not about the plants themselves. About the women, the girls, the workers. Someone's been killing them. Someone's been murdering them for more than ten years. You
1: don't say.
2: Since the early 90s. Raping, killing these young women, dumping their soft bodies in the desert. Clues are followed. Suspects found. Arrests made. Still the women are killed. Raped. The bodies dumped. 300 women. As many as 400 still missing. That makes almost a thousand.
1: Math like that? You'd think this would be in all the papers.
2: Has been. Everywhere. All over the world.
1: You know I'm an officer with the municipal police? Yes. Ciudad Juarez is my home, as well as my, what do you say in the movies, my beat so a crime of this magnitude you are describing, perhaps I have some awareness of it in my day-to-day life.
2: Most of the companies here are U.S. owned. These
1: women, these girls, they make barely $50 a week.
2: U.S. owned. This is so, not
1: even enough money to buy rice and beans and even a few diapers. Many of them resort to what you might call other methods of employment. You're telling me
2: 300 women were killed because they're prostitutes? 400 more I'm vanished? telling
1: you, you're in a border town, gringo. There is drinking and gambling and general. Lawlessness. There is also, and maybe they don't, they know this up north, one of the largest drug cartels in all of Mexico.
2: Yes, we know. We're aware of the Juarez cartel. So
1: here there is a lot of death. Men, women, horses, cattle.
2: Why don't you leave?
1: I want to live in America. Boom, boom. I want to live in America. So what did your sister come down here for then? I just told you. She came down here to solve the mystery. That we have been trying to solve for over a decade—a skinny little gringa with her journalism degree and high heels. Actually,
2: she majored in theater. She wears boots.
1: Fantastic. She sounds very hot. Put on a short skirt, and I'll take her out to dinner. It
2: was. She went into journalism after, but she. It's the technology.
1: Why is this hard for you to say? Because
2: it's such a stupid idea that it makes me furious. She and some of her theater friends, they thought they could be hooked up. They thought they could hook her up to a tiny video camera and stream it live so that anyone could watch her. She would buy a false ID that set her real age and come looking for work at one of the plants and settle into life here and wait. Like bait. And the whole time, every single minute, they'd be watching from somewhere in El Paso.
1: And the stupid plan worked?
2: She's been missing for almost a month.
1: And the stupid friends in El Paso? No idea. I see. Did you think to check the internet? For what? The video of what happened.
2: Where would I look?
1: I don't know. Type in stupid gringa. See what comes up. You might have to wade through a lot of shit, though.
2: This isn't funny. My sister might be dead. She
1: probably is dead. And this video is somewhere halfway around the world.
2: You know something? If you people know something... Here's what
1: I know. Her friends in El Paso sold the video and disappeared with their money. How do I know? I don't. But I do, you know.
2: Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: It was not such a stupid plan. The FBI should have thought of it. We should have thought of it. Technology is an amazing thing. With technology and maybe a little common sense, you could do... You could know things almost impossible to know.
0: What does that mean? Come sail away from sticks, streams into the room through ratty speakers.
1: You take a man's credit card, let's say, his wallet... He has his social security card in there as well. Or a folded up birth certificate so he doesn't lose it. Or maybe something as obvious as a receipt. What is this? You you punch in a few keys. They welcome you by name. Only, it's not you. They show you presents you bought for your sister's 30th birthday. And they make suggestions for her 31st. It's all very friendly. And how can they possibly know it's not you? Maybe there are other purchases, iTunes, concert tickets. You put two and two together. You realize here is a song very important to this brother and sister. And now you have a tool, a way in. You can affect this brother and sister in ways they are not even aware of. You see how incredible it all is.
2: You aren't really a police officer, are you?
1: No, my friend. I'm afraid I am not. Blackout. A silence,
0: a mechanical humming, the sound of ice cubes into a glass, a shot poured. Where'd you get this?
3: Just watch.
0: Come on, a hint.
3: Just watch, will you?
0: And the video is projected, streaming, quite clear, a square image. The camera looks through the windshield of a car, from the back seat, night, Headlights pick out a dirt road in the darkness ahead, the silhouette of a big, beautiful house. The driver and the passenger in the front seat are seen only as shadows, but their breathing and the breathing of several others can be heard. The car pulls into the long driveway.
4: Is that, is that Texas or New Mexico?
3: You are the most annoying man to buy gifts for in the whole world. Just be quiet and watch
1: it.
0: On screen, the car stops. idles in the shadows of the big house. Unseen.
1: How much do you remember?
0: Lights shift. The video winks into darkness. Another small room. Ethel looks like a completely different woman. Her clothes, her hair, everything about her has changed. Mark sits at a small table. He wears a hospital gown. A bandage covers the top of his head. Two metal posts stick up out of the bandage. His right hand is shackled into the table at the wrist. Next to him, an ivy pouch hangs on a mobile stand. The ivy needle sticks into his right
2: arm. I don't...
1: This is only a preliminary conversation.
2: I'm not sure
1: I... This is only a preliminary conversation. We have to start somewhere.
2: If... if...
1: Do you remember your first name?
2: Mar... 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 Calm
1: down. Your first name...
2: I have a first name, yes. What is it? I don't understand. I'm
1: interested in your first name.
2: F. Something with an F. An I.
1: Go on, F, I... And
2: a B. Maybe Frisbee.
1: That will do for now. Hello, Frisbee. Hey. What's your last name, Frisbee?
2: My, my, my... my, Okay,
1: okay. We'll go more slowly this time. Okay? Obviously, the treatment is... We'll take it one step at a time. How about you just tell me everything you can remember? Anything at all.
2: My father is rotting.
1: Rotting? Like a fruit? Are you saying your father is some kind of fruit?
2: In his chair. He has a chair he sits in, in the living room. He's sitting in his chair, and he hasn't... It seems like he hasn't bathed in a long while. He smells. He's unshaven. Flecks of gray. Gray and white stubble. His jaw is slack, and he's losing his teeth. An
1: old man?
2: Maybe 50. 55. Not so old. His feet are up on the... On... His feet are up on the... Footrest... Up on the... they stink. His feet stink horribly. He sits and rots in the chair. Is that all? He sleeps. He comes home from work and eats and falls into his chair and goes to sleep. He can't bear to be alive. My sister comes home. I'm sorry? My sister...
1: What did you say?
2: My sister...
0: An
1: electric current runs through the shackle
2: into his wrist.
1: I thought your sister was gone. Gone? Do you remember how you came to be here?
2: I came about my sister.
1: What about her?
2: She's gone. Yes, she's gone. Where did she go? Machu Picchu. Chichen Itza.
1: What does that mean?
2: The last cities of mystery. The... 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 The...
1: The aliens? The
2: aliens. The aliens took my sister while we were both very young.
1: Yes. Yes. They
2: took her away.
1: And the FBI doesn't understand how important it is for you to find her. Frisbee. To prove the aliens exist so you can find out the truth.
2: Are you helping me? Of course. How... Where are we?
1: Where do you think we are? Chichen Itza. No, we're not in Mexico.
2: I didn't like Mexico.
1: When did you go to Mexico?
2: I went to find my sister.
1: In the middle of the sentence, more electricity through
0: the wrist shackle.
1: She was gone a long time before you came into Mexico. Went. Went.
2: Before I went to Mexico. That's
1: why they... That's when they fired you. The Bureau fired you because you were spending too much time looking for your sister. Frisbee. I want to help you, Agent Mulder. Is
2: that my name?
1: We're all here to help
2: you. I can't remember.
1: Tell me exactly what you remember.
2: All of it? Everything?
1: Let's start with your earliest memory, as far back as you can go. There
2: was no bandage on my head. Good. This, this...
0: He gestures up at the IV, imitates someone jabbing it into his arm.
1: Good.
2: There was a song.
1: Leave that for now. I
2: remember a song. For
1: now, leave the song. Go on.
2: I was sick for a while. Sick? I remember only my bed, the hospital bed. Lots, lights, very bright, maybe.
1: Do you think they got a hold of you? You were abducted? No,
2: no, I was here. A shock through the shackle. I've been here a long.
1: Do you think they got a hold of you? You were abducted? No,
2: no, I was here. A shock through the shackle. I've been here a long... A shock through the
0: shackle.
1: I thought you remembered your father.
2: I remembered remembering my father. I, I must have had a fever or something. Bright light, a lot of... But I remember the memory.
1: What does that mean?
2: I've been in my bed having this fever or illness. You
1: were abducted? No,
2: I... I... A shock through the shackle. No! A shock through
0: the shackle.
1: Go on. You were abducted, and while they left you alone, you got sick. And while you were sick, you had this memory of your father. Go on.
2: I'm trying to say I'm not in the memory. I don't remember being there. I remember being. Is this
1: when you were abducted?
2: I remember being.
1: Abducted?
2: What I remember is being sick and thinking about my father because I couldn't. I couldn't stop myself when I had to go to the bathroom or. I couldn't clean myself, and my whole life I was afraid. I had this horror that I would become like him, so it, it, it hurt me. They
1: B- hurt you?
2: I, I... It's
1: okay if they hurt you. It's okay I, to cry.
2: I, I... We found I,
1: you in the desert.
2: Before, before...
1: We found you in the gown, no ID, nothing.
2: I came, I came... You
1: went down there, do you remember Why? My sister. Why Machu Picchu? Why Chichen Itza? Did you think those cities had some clue of some kind? Did you think your sister had gone there?
2: My sister? My sister? They
1: took her away from you when she was very young.
2: She liked this song. Can
1: you forget the song?
2: It was a song. I
1: am asking you to forget it.
2: I came down to find her. A shock through the shackle. I came... Do you know where you are? Mexico. A shock through the
0: shackle.
1: How do you know? Mexico.
0: A shock through the shackle.
1: You sleep, you wake, you shit yourself. The lights go on, they go off.
2: The lights are too bright.
1: How do you know where you are? Why are you
2: doing this to me?
1: We're trying to help you. Jesus, Mulder. I mean, you come down here, you don't care what anyone says. You go rambling through these ancient ruins, making a scene, flipping out over your daughter.
2: My sister.
1: Everyone's scrambling around like crazy, looking for you. We finally find you, almost dead, half naked in the desert. My
2: sister, my sister, my sister, my sister. She's
1: gone! Those bastards took her, and the FBI knows... The Justice Department knows. The whole government knows. And nobody cares. Except us. We care. We are trying to help you. And what do we get for it? Nothing but abuse. Are you done, Mulder? Is that what it is? Have they broken you down completely? You've got to give me something to work with here. I'm sailing away. Fox, listen. Please. Fox, you need. I can't tell you how important it is to our superiors that you forget that song. I'd, I wish I could better explain, but all I can say right now is forgetting that song is the only way you'll ever fully recover. The only way. I'm sailing
2: away. A shock through the shackle. Set an
0: open course for the virgin sea. A shock through the shackle. Cause I've got to be free. A shock through the shackle.
1: Free. Life. I think we're done for now. I'll come back in an hour. Instead of a
0: blackout, a very, very bright pulse of light. Pow. Mark alone at the table, in his hospital gown, the IV feeding into his arm. He stares ahead. His mouth moves. We can't hear any of it. A metallic click, and the lights fall black. A very loud sound and they come back, very bright. Mark moves his mouth. This repeats. Click, darkness, sound, light. Mark moves his mouth. Click, darkness, sound, light. Mark moves his mouth. Click, darkness, sound, light. Mark stops, looks around. Yanks the IV out of his arm. Bleeds. A siren throbs. The lights flash red. A woman kicks in the door. Is it Ethel? It's hard to say. She has red hair and wears a tailored suit. She carries a gun. Moulder. She rushes to Mark, shaking him. Moulder. Sound of voices scuffle off.
1: Oh, God! God, what have they done to you? Can you walk? Can you... There isn't much time.
0: (laughs) Uh.
1: All right. All right.
0: She gets under his arm, lifting him. That's when she notices the shackle. Carefully, she reaches for the gun. Watch out. She shoots the shackle.
1: That's bound to draw some attention. We've got to get out of here. Help me. Try, Mulder. Fox, try. Was there another way? In or out? Have you seen another way? A door! Damn it, Fox! A door!
0: Mark looks around dumbly, finally points off. She drags him towards the door. The voices, the frantic scuffling, draw nearer.
1: I don't know who you pissed off this time, Fox, but we've got to put you in deep cover. We've got to hide you away. Jesus, God!
0: They are off. Sudden silence. Blackout. A breath. A mechanical humming. The sound of ice cubes into a glass. A shot poured. And the video is projected, streaming, quite clear. A square image. A living room. Yellow walls. Lots of shadows. Lamps. No overhead light. Rorick, smiling, holds a highball glass. It's almost as if he's aware of the camera. Jacket and slacks, not a suit. His cowboy hat on the coffee table. When he speaks, his voice sounds like it's coming through a filter.
4: Don't be afraid now. Ain't no reason for nobody to be afraid here.
0: Sense of other bodies in the room, though they can't be seen.
4: You need a drink there? Have somebody get you a drink. You can have a Coca Cola. Nobody here wants to get you drunk. That's against the law.
1: Laughter in the room. I. Sure. I'll have a Coke.
0: Maybe a little rum.
1: Sure. A little.
0: She turns, showing more of the room. It seems the camera might be at chest level. Two other men in the room, on the couch, against the wall. Someone else hands her the drink.
1: There you go, sweetheart.
3: See, this ain't
4: work. It ain't work at all. It's more like a party, right?
1: I... I guess.
4: Don't like to hear your voice tremble like that, sweetheart.
1: He
0: reaches a hand toward her, lifts the camera. This is pretty.
1: My mother made it for me. Shows off your neck real nice, dear.
4: Don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. Like some Aztec
0: amulet or something. Say your mother made it? Well, what do you think, Mr. Porte? Rourke shows the amulet to a nervous-looking man in a very
2: nice suit. Poor, uh, Porter, it's a, Porter, it's, it's a very nice, very nice necklace, young lady.
4: Mr. Porte here comes all the way from Quebec, Canada. Isn't that right, Mr. Porte? You French or something?
2: I'm. uh... <laughs> I was born in Maine. my My father. My father was um from Nice. His father. Well, you could keep on going like that forever, I suppose.
1: Not forever.
2: No, that's correct. Not forever.
0: He lets the amulet drop.
4: Okay, you have officially lost me here. Why don't we have a toast and get this little party going? Etta hook you up with your gin and tonic, Mr. Porte.
2: It's, um, actually it's a little... Two
1: partnership! Chin-chin and all that.
2: Partnership, yes.
1: Chin-chin? That's funny. Chin-chin? The
0: girl raises her glass, and the other glasses come toward her, clinking faintly. Remember to look each
4: other in the eye. Seven years of bad sex.
0: Loud laughter all around. Frisbee! Frisbee! And the video winks out. Lights. A bedroom. Mrs. sits at the vanity in her dressing gown. Once again, it's difficult to say. It might be Ethel. It might not.
1: Frisbee! Where is he?
0: Mark enters in a very tight suit. A hat. He seems smaller somehow, though he doesn't stoop.
2: I'm here, Mrs.
1: Are we all packed yet?
2: The car's loaded up and ready.
1: What time is my plane?
2: Eleven o'clock.
1: Time for a little snack? I asked you a question, Frisbee.
2: Yes, Mrs. Meaning? There's probably time for a snack if you're ready.
1: Do I look ready? It
2: depends.
1: Don't get smart with me.
2: No offense meant, Mrs. I think you know what I meant.
1: Am I hearing things? Because I'd swear you're getting smart with me all over again. No, ma'am. And contradicting me? No, ma'am. Then make your meaning plain.
2: Depending on the snack depends on whether you're ready for the snack or not, ma'am which affects how much time it will take when we don't have all that much time before the flight, ma'am.
1: I'm still detecting a faint note of insolence, Frisbee.
2: I honestly don't know what to do about that, ma'am.
1: I'll bet you don't. Well, I'm just going to get myself ready, and we'll have our snack and go.
2: Yes, ma'am.
0: She goes behind a changing screen in the
2: corner.
1: The car is ready? Yes, ma'am. The tickets? Waiting
2: at the airport. Hotel. Executive suite. Will they be... They'll be picking us up when the flight gets in.
1: And my first meeting?
2: First is the presentation, then dinner... No meetings tonight.
1: How nice. Maybe I'll go dancing. Is there dancing? I'm sure there is. Would you go dancing with me?
2: Are you making fun, ma'am?
1: Maybe a little. I thought so. Are you happy here, Frisbee? Are you Right ha- now,
2: this is where I need to be.
1: That doesn't answer my question. No. And what does that mean, anyway? You need to be here?
2: This is where I need to be. Things have happened.
1: Are you saying you have a dark past, Frisbee? I was assured... No,
2: ma'am. I'm not dark. But everybody has a past.
1: I suppose that's true.
2: In my case, things were very complicated. But some people helped me. And I can stop this at any time, ma'am.
1: No, I'm curious now.
2: Things got very complicated. I was in trouble. Some people helped me get out of trouble. When I repaid them, well, who knows?
1: Are you saying you might leave me, Frisbee?
2: I don't know, ma'am.
1: Because I wouldn't like that.
2: No, I don't suppose you would, ma'am.
1: But you have plans.
2: Not really, ma'am. No. But you asked, so...
1: You're right. I'm being unfair. I did ask.
0: She comes around the screen. She wears all leather, very tight. An enormous strap-on dildo.
1: I'm ready for my snack now, Frisbee.
2: Yes, ma'am.
0: Blackout. In the darkness, sound of an airplane landing... Airport, traffic, a soundscape that takes them all the way to their hotel room, stopping abruptly with lights. I'm sailing away. He unpacks her suitcase. Her briefcase lies nearby. Open course for the Mrs. enters, dressed now in a very expensive suit. Mark hands
2: her the briefcase.
1: The presentation? Inside. Good.
2: I'll have everything unpacked so you can change before dinner. Wonderful. She starts off, turns.
1: Was that you? Singing? Frisbee.
2: I can't help it, ma'am.
1: No, it's fine. It's... I'm surprised. You have such a nice voice.
2: Oh, well, thank you, ma'am.
1: You're welcome. Again, she starts off. Hesitates. Do you watch television, Frisbee?
2: Mostly PBS and the Discovery Channel.
1: You don't like those reality shows? They're okay. Have you seen the American Idol?
2: I don't think so.
0: She takes a beat, then walks slowly around him, appraising him. She smiles.
1: It could be a lot of fun.
2: You want a snack before the presentation?
1: No, no, no. I have some friends, a dear friend, really, involved with that program. I might be able to get you an audition.
2: Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm not a professional. You're
1: not allowed to be. Have you really never seen the show? No, ma'am. Well, look, there's a thousand channels on that television. I'm sure it's on somewhere.
2: I need to have your clothes ready You'll for...
1: have time for both now, don't fret. Let me have my fun. Yes, ma'am. You'll have seen it by the time I get back, and we'll talk. Now, sing, go on. I want to think of you back here singing in that pretty voice. It'll calm me down. I'm sailing away.
2: Set an open course
0: for the virgin sea. She exits as he goes on. Blackout a soft mechanical whir in the darkness as the video is projected. Several people are crowded around the camera. From above, a very bright light. It's difficult to make things out through the glare. Three faces lean over. They wear surgical masks and caps, turning their faces into strange ovals. When they speak, their voices are distorted.
4: Doesn't she look like a little slice of sunshine? Please, Mr. Rourke. All laid out like the buffet of heaven. Nothing on but that necklace. Makes her look like a princess, don't it? Like an Aztec queen. The doctor's not happy about that necklace as it is, Mr. Rourke. Just
2: let him
0: work. A rubber-gloved hand comes toward the camera.
4: Whoa, whoa, what you doing there, Doc? You don't really need to cover her up, do you? It's just us boys here. Please, can you just... Ah, please, you, you little homosexual faggot. I don't care how far up the food chain you're barking. This is my little corner of the sky, and I got... I got certain objectives of my own, of a deeply personal and philosophical nature. Can we just, um... I have a plane,
3: so let's... Fine, let's just get started, doctor, and we'll see how it goes. If you need to, let's just get started, please. If we could all, uh... Please.
0: The gloved hand reaches down, grabbing, and the angle is all askew. And then the camera is flung away, hitting something, maybe a wall. It's hard to tell.
2: Oh, come on, Doc. Just... All right, let's just get going. All right, leave it. It's a compromise, all right? Fuck.
0: When the image comes back, the camera is on the corner of a parquet floor, looking up and across the room at three pairs of legs in plain khakis. Sneakers, a glimpse of the metal table, no talking, a feeling of focus, a vague sound of movement, maybe some faint muttering from Porter, then, whoo ee shit, will you look at that, sound of thunderous applause, and the video winks out, lights, bright and hot, a sound stage, a hot girl stands center, with a remote microphone.
1: Because that's what it's all about here. So get ready, because from now on, you, the audience, are in control. We're down to the top 11. Only one of them can become the next American Idol.
0: Applause.
1: We've got a big show, so let's get to it. First up, the mystery man from the Southwest who goes only by the name of Frisbee.
0: Applause. The video whirs to life. Mark addresses the camera solemnly.
2: I just want to thank Mrs., I want to thank my benefactor, and all of my new friends, and, of course, God, without whom nothing is possible. And I want, I want to say very seriously that this song is a message, and people out there will hear the message, and some of them will understand, and will know that I am here.
0: End video. Applause. A swirling techno introduction in the darkness, and then a spot on Mark, posing with his microphone. He wears a tight, netted muscle shirt and tight black pants. Thunderous applause. The music begins, slower than it needs to be. He's doing it as even more of a power ballad than it is. And the band kicks in, passionate and driving. Mark works the music, dancing and the lights work with him. More applause. He leads the audience through it a few times, then stops abruptly, signaling for the music and singing to stop. A breath. The lone, tinkling piano returns. He finishes softly with the piano. Thunderous applause. Blackout.
1: I can't believe this is happening.
0: Lights. A backstage dressing room. Lindsay is alone. Long black hair, slender, fashionably dressed. Girlish, but her age is
2: hard to place. I got your note.
1: You must get hundreds of notes.
2: Not like yours.
1: She says nothing to that.
0: A moment, and Mark enters, wearing blue jeans and a tight white t-shirt.
2: Besides, Leo said you were hot. Leo? The guy you gave the note to looks like a rhino on steroids. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry, I just... This just doesn't seem real to to me.
2: Sit, sit. Don't be so nervous.
1: Don't be so nervous!
2: You want a drink or something? I have some beer, water. I can send out for anything you like.
1: I guess I could have a beer. Cool. He
0: brings her a bottle of beer.
1: Oh my god. Frisbee's bringing me a beer. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) He gets down on one knee and offers it
2: up to her.
1: Don't make fun of me.
2: I'm just playing. I want you to relax. Talk to me.
1: There's no way I'm going to relax.
2: Okay. But we can talk anyway, can't we? Lindsay.
1: Okay. Yes. Good.
2: So what do you do? I'm a nanny. Do you like the job?
1: It's okay. Okay. I've a room and they treat me okay, and all the meals and such. It's not really a lot of pay, and this is my first day off I've had in a while. It's, it's hard work, long days and such, but I like having a job.
2: Have you ever thought about getting a better job, going to school or something?
1: I have to. I've a lot of. a lot of hospital bills to pay off first. Before I can do anything. Not that... That's not why I wanted to see you. I didn't
2: think it was. But I'm still wondering. He has her note. Your note said, I get the message. What did you mean by this? Oh. What message did you get from me, Lindsay? It's okay. If... It's okay. I want you to tell the truth. Otherwise, why are we here?
1: Well, you know when you were on American Idol and, um, and uh, on the album, when you did the cover of Come Sail Away? I'm sailing away. always say that song is it's a like a message and that some some people will will get it the first the first time I heard you sing that song I felt I felt tell
2: me what you felt
1: I, I mean it it just hit me I'm not I don't really like sticks I I think they're kind of stupid, but I was in the laundry room folding, uh, well, I don't know, socks, and when I heard that song, I almost, I almost fainted. It hit me so hard. Well,
2: that's, that's a very flattering thing to hear as an artist. You're very beautiful, Lindsay, but I must tell you...
1: Then I started to remember things as the song went on, and now every time I play it, Sometimes, sometimes even when I'm not playing it.
2: What kinds of things do you remember, Lindsay? Lindsay, please. I am your friend.
1: Awful things.
2: When you hear my song, you remember awful things.
1: I know. I know. It's bad. I should... I need to...
2: Sit down. Take my hand. Go on. It's not radioactive. (gasps) Now look at me. I can't. Look at me, Lindsay.
1: It must be red. I must be turning all sorts of kinds of red. You're fine.
2: You're beautiful. Now look at me and hold my hand and tell me what terrible things you remember.
1: Things... Things were done to me.
2: Go on. Hold my hand.
1: I think... God, I've never said this out loud. I think... I think I'm one of those people... One of
2: which people?
1: I think I was abducted.
2: One of those people. She nods. Try to tell me what happened, Lindsay.
1: I don't know what happened.
2: Where... How did it start?
1: That's just it. I can't remember... I can't remember anything before it happened. I have snapshots in my mind, a few scenes with my family, but nothing, really. Nothing until I woke up in this hospital. They found me wandering in the desert. They helped me. There were were treatments and...
2: Go on, please. I've got you.
1: I heard your song and the first thing I remembered was the light. I sort of fainted, I guess, into, onto the towels. And when I looked up, it was like I was back there and I was looking into a bright light above my back head. Back where? And I, I was naked. I was completely naked in front in front of them. And my back was cold from the table, the metal table.
2: Your back was cold.
1: I, I think, I think maybe I was supposed to be unconscious or maybe it was some kind of special drug because I, I couldn't feel anything, anything, when they started kind of... Cutting into me. I couldn't I could barely see or hear, but I was I was awake. I was Did I, you
2: see anyone?
1: There were faces gathered all around, but something something was wrong with them. They 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 weren't human. They weren't people. They were They
2: were something else.
1: They weren't human. Those weren't human faces looking down on me like that.
2: Continue, please.
1: Lindsay
0: hesitates, lifts up her shirt takes his hand and lays it on her. My God. He moves back a little to see. She has a long scar running from under her left breast, down past the waistline of her jeans.
1: It... it it goes down further. What is it? I don't... I remember cutting, but I...
2: And then you woke up in a hospital. What did they say it was?
1: The hospital said it was nothing.
2: How could it be nothing?
1: That's what they said.
2: What hospital was this?
1: I can't remember that either. It, oh, this must sound so stupid.
2: It does not sound stupid in the least bit. Do you remember anything about this hospital?
1: No. No. They, they were very nice to me, and and they, they helped me find my job.
2: The nanny job? The job you have now? She nods. It's not a very good job, is it, Lindsay?
1: No. Those people are very bad people that I work for. I feel sad for their children.
2: This is the hospital that you owe all the money to? Yes. And have you had the scar looked at on your own?
1: I don't... uh, I don't have any insurance or anything. I can't have it looked at.
2: Don't your employers send you to the doctor?
1: Sure. Sure, for, for when I need something... But they said the hospital already checked out the scar, so why spend the money?
2: Maybe I'll spend the money, Lindsay. I have money to spend. No, I,
1: no, I didn't want to. Shh, shh,
2: We're still just talking? In this job of yours, do they abuse you in any way, Lindsay? Um. It, it's okay.
1: I don't want to be hurt.
2: Look at me. Hold tight to my hand. Look me straight in the eye. No one is ever going to hurt you again, Lindsay.
0: She reacts to this with hysterical relief. Mark holds her, strokes her hair.
2: Now tell me, these people you work for, do they mistreat you?
1: They, uh... They pretty much do whatever they want. Pretty much.
0: Mark holds her closer, kisses the top of her head. He struggles with himself not to break.
2: Well can't go back there now, can you?
1: Where? I have to go back. No,
2: no. I think you're going to stay with me for a while.
1: I don't... I... I... I Isn't
2: that why you sent me the note? So I could help you.
1: Yes. Maybe. Yes.
0: He leans closer.
2: I'll tell you a secret. That's why I keep saying... The song is a message. So people will come to me for help.
1: But But how can I just...
2: Because I said so.
0: He reaches gently for her shirt, exposing the scar.
1: But how can I just...
2: Because I said so.
0: He reaches gently for her shirt, exposing the scar. He bends down and kisses it. She lays a hand on the back of his head, closing her eyes. He keeps kissing her. Blackout. The sound of a hose rushing water. The video sizzles to life. The camera is still on the parquet floor. Maybe bits of furniture can be glimpsed, the metal table legs. A worker, sexless in a full-body uniform, hoses down the floor.
4: You got ten more minutes, boy, or I swear to Christ, you won't get lunch or dinner. This ain't no fucking summer camp.
0: A metal door slams. Off.
3: Fuck you.
0: But the worker keeps working. The water hits the camera and it moves, covered in water.
3: What the fuck?
0: The worker shambles toward the camera, lifts it up. Just then, the camera shorts out and the image vanishes. Replaced by pale whiteness.
3: Cheap piece of shit. But you never know.
0: Sound of a zipper as Worker opens a pocket and stashes the necklace.
3: Everything's worth something.
0: Worker turns up the hose. The sound overwhelms us and the camera sizzles out. Finally dead. Music. Lights. Lights. A dressing room on the road, similar to the previous one. Mark sits on the couch, casually but expensively dressed, smiling for the camera.
3: We're back with the recording industry's latest superstar, the man known only as Frisbee. Well, let's get it out of the way, Frisbee. Is that a first name? A last name? A nickname?
2: It is my name.
3: Indeed it is.
2: And it will serve, as they say.
3: But surely you won't be surprised to learn your fans want to know more.
2: I'm very curious about them as well. We all have to take what we can get.
3: True, true. But my viewers do expect a certain private glimpse. Can't you tell us anything that's not already in the tabloids?
2: It depends on which tabloids you mean. I can certainly tell you I'm not the clone of an alien baby. You can take a DNA sample off that teacup if you like.
3: (laughs) I don't think we'll need to go that far, but I'll keep the option open. (laughs) What kind of upbringing did you have? Did you grow up around artists, entertainers?
2: I had a very traditional upbringing, actually.
3: American? I
2: consider myself to be more of a citizen of the world.
3: Is that what it says on your passport?
2: You certainly are persistent.
3: <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks.
2: Indeed. My passport is, of course, American. This is a long story. But I was born. I was born. Born in El Paso, Texas, just over the border.
3: And your parents?
2: Fruit, my father. Foot, foot. I'm sorry. My parents were migrant workers who settled in El Paso, but there was much traveling. I was raised by a large and loving extended family. Do
3: you still see them?
2: Now is the time, as my manager says, to strike one the irons hot. Someday, I hope I won't be so busy and I can settle in with family and friends.
3: So you'd call yourself Mexican-American?
2: I'd call myself a citizen ...of our beautiful planet Earth.
3: I'm not the only one who's persistent.
2: And I also get paid the big bucks.
3: (laughs) Do you think it's possible in the world of information technology... ...for a man as famous as you to keep his private life private? Right now an army of bloggers is probably descending on El Paso... ...to find this extended family of yours.
2: They won't be found.
3: I wouldn't be so sure.
2: Technology can be used in so many different ways. For good. For good. Perhaps I have no family in El Paso. Perhaps I'm Burmese and just playing with you.
3: Don't you think your fans would object to being lied to?
2: In my music, in my voice. Whether I'm doing my own song or a classic, or even a brand new classic, my fans can hear the truth about who I am. The rest Hello? is... Hello!
1: <laughs> Here comes
2: my biggest secret.
0: Lindsay enters.
1: Oh, is this today? Today? Frizz, that's right. I'm sorry. No, no.
2: Come in. Do you mind?
1: Of course
3: not. Welcome, Lindsay. Lindsay hesitates.
1: All right.
0: She comes and sits beside him. They sit very close,
2: holding hands.
3: You do realize when you married one of your fans, you broke hearts and raised hopes all over the world.
2: Lindsay is more than just a fan. We're connected on a very deep level.
1: Would you say the same, Lindsay? Sometimes it's difficult to understand, but everything that happens in your life happens for a reason. And if some of the things that happened to me had not happened just the way they did, I would never have met the love of my life. So, yes, the connection is very, very deep.
3: And what about the stories floating around the Internet that your connection is based on the fact that You were both abducted by aliens.
2: (laughs) Yes, and the reason our wedding was such a big secret is because we held it on Atlantis, and you can't tell anyone just where Atlantis is these days.
1: (laughs) So these are just rumors, Lindsay? As you said, many hopes but many broken hearts. And some people, when their hearts are broken, they lash out. I understand their disappointment and forgive them. Frisbee is quite catch. Mm, So you call him Frisbee as well? That's his name. I have a few other names for him, but I won't share those.
3: But the reports of the wedding serenade, those aren't just rumors, are they? Can you share some of those with our viewers?
2: Of course. We're happy to share our joy. But it won't be as exciting as alien babies.
3: Mm, We'll see. How did it happen, Lindsay? Was the serenade planned?
1: It was not just a serenade. We sang to each other.
3: Really? You both sang?
1: There's a song we both love. I won't say which one because it's very private. And because Frizz singing this song brought us together. I sang it at the wedding to him to honor him and to celebrate our future together.
2: Which left me out in the cold to pick something new.
1: What song did you pick to sing, Frisbee?
2: Well, maybe that's private as well.
1: Come
3: on for the fans. We've just a few minutes left. It's all right, darling. Well... Why don't you sing it to her, just like you did at the wedding? And forget all about the cameras and the crew. Forget we're even here.
2: Now you really are earning those big bucks. (laughs) We can give that a try, darling.
0: He takes Lindsay's hand. They move to an open area in front of the couch. They dance very slowly, romantically. When Mark begins to sing, recorded music joins him, very subtly at first.
2: I see trees of green, red roses too I see em bloom for me and for you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue Clouds of white Bright blessed days, dark sacred nights, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The music builds toward the
0: bridge.
3: I'm Ethel Amin with Frisbee and Lindsay at Rainforest Ranch in Costa Rica. Happy Valentine's Day and good night.
2: Cue credits. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. Are also on the faces of people going by. Go credits.
0: Mark continues the song as he and Lindsay dance softly and the lights fade to black. End of play. You've been listening to Diana Brown, Christopher DeYoung, Jennifer Jage, Julie Kurtz, Zach Stern, and Dan Wilson in a short play about globalization written and directed by Dominic Orlando. Radio star off the page is a Cassandra's Call production.